Hi, and welcome to episode 36 of the Anti-Reactive Parenting Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Hoppy, parent educator and counselor, mom of two, and lover of all things related to parenting. Welcome back to all of you longtime listeners, and hello to all of our new listeners. Anti-Reactive took a hiatus over the holiday season in order to focus on the things most important to us most of all, our families. And we are back now in a brand new year and ready to bring you fresh new content. And to get us started, we are doing a two-part series on one of our anti-reactive mottos, plan for what's to come. And in this series, we'll discuss ways to plan for the short term and the long term and talk about what all that means. Anti-reactive parenting is all about staying ahead of the game anticipating the needs of your kids and your whole family before it happens. It's about planning. Without anticipating the next steps, we quickly fall into reactive parenting. This is when we're trying to keep up, tread water, and simply survive. Reactive parenting places a lot of stress on your kids and your entire household. It leaves kids feeling insecure because they don't get the sense that you have control control over what's going on within your household, and frequently, honestly, control of your own emotions as you simply try to just keep it together and get everyone doing what they need to be doing and getting everyone where they need to go at the right time. Reactive parenting leaves you feeling stressed, anxious, and honestly, often unhappy in parenthood. And this is when we find ourselves yelling and not being the kind of parent we imagined we'd be or the one that we strive to be. And a stressed, anxious, unhappy parent makes for a stressed, anxious, and unhappy child. Listen, we are all guilty of this from time to time. I've had many moments in parenthood that I am not proud of and wish I had handled differently. And I take these moments as a warning sign that something needs to change and I need to get things back under control. There must be something I'm missing or falling behind on, or there's something I'm not anticipating, and it's causing me to react instead of taking the lead in what's going on in my home and staying ahead of problems or situations before they occur. So how do we stay a step ahead and plan and anticipate what our kids need before it happens? I do not have some type of magical crystal ball that tells me the future or some secret mommy phone that rings and tells me something's about to go wrong and I need to put on my superhero cape and jump into action. Although I wish I did. I wish we all did. It would make all of our lives a lot easier for sure. But essentially, it comes down to two basic components to anticipate and plan ahead. Number one, educating myself on developmental milestones. And two, consistent communication with my kids and my husband. So let's dig into those two components. First of all, informing myself and being aware of of developmental milestones. This term is a bit all-encompassing and refers to several different domains of development. I'm talking language fine motor, gross motor, socio-emotional, cognitive, and educational development. Now, I'm not talking about keeping up to date on all of the milestones. That's insane. I'm talking about just 
being informed on the next ones based on the age of your child and their current abilities. And it's not like I commit all of this information to memory, but I look it up from time to time and keep it in the back of my mind. And I use that information to inform my parenting decisions and the conversations I have with my kids. Just like when your child was a baby and you always had an eye out for that next milestone. When is she going to hold up her head, roll over, sit, crawl, take that first step? Or when is he going to smile at me, coo, babble, or say that first word? When is she going to hold a toy, put in her own passy, or use a spoon by herself? The first year is so exciting and full of new things all the time. As our kids get older, they're still doing new things all the time, and they generally unfold in a rather predictable pattern, but it's spaced out, so it's not as exciting and doesn't remain on the forefront of our minds like it does during babyhood. But until that prefrontal cortex fully matures in the late teens, early 20s, or sometimes even later than that, your kids will continue to do new and amazing things from a developmental standpoint, and knowing what's expected to happen next can help you help them to achieve those next milestones and maybe get there a little faster. And as your kids age, those milestones become more complex, especially when it comes to cognition and social skills. And it's not easy to just make up what you're trying to teach them on the fly when it comes to those two particular domains. Additionally, as your kids get older, they will also be spending more time away from you and more time with other adult influences, including teachers, coaches, and even the parents of their friends. Regular communication with these adults will also help you stay informed on what your child should or should not be doing, and how well that's going, and maybe trigger your parent's spidey senses if something is off, so you can proactively address it. Understanding what the overall learning objectives are for your child's grade, what the expectations are of growth during the current sports season, or how well your child fits in or doesn't with peers, it's all valuable information to inform your parenting practices and give you some focus on what you want to teach and support in the home. When social problems arise, knowing the milestones and what's expected for each age is helpful in determining where the problems may lie and help you figure out how you can help. And informing yourself on developmental milestones does not have to be complicated. A simple internet search of developmental milestones, age, fill in the blank, is all it takes. Most websites that pop up will tell you of milestones across all domains of growth and give you ideas of what to expect and even better, activities that you can do to foster growth. I don't use any one resource in particular myself, as I like to take a little bit from different ones. But if you're particularly interested in or concerned about one area, just add that into your search. To level up your anti-reactive parenting, look up the milestones for the next year and leverage that information to inform your parenting. 
if you have multiple kids in your home, you have parental experience to help you gauge what the what the developmental expectations should be for your younger kids based on what you've learned from your firstborn. However, it's important to remember that all kids develop at their own pace, with some skills showing up earlier and some showing up later than others. It's so hard, honestly, but it really is important not to compare your children, at least not too much. Comparisons create blind spots. You might think a skill is developing because you saw it around the same time with another kid, but your younger child may not actually be doing the same things as you're expecting. Or you may think your kid won't learn a skill until much later because your oldest was late on it, but your youngest may actually be ready for more than you're anticipating. Which leads me to component number two of planning for what's to come, which is consistent communication with your kids and with your spouse or whoever you parent with. Knowing the sequence of developmental events doesn't do you any good if you're not in tune with where your child currently is. And anti-reactive parenting doesn't work if you and your spouse are not on the same page. It takes setting aside intentional time with your child on a regular basis to talk and maintain a sense of where they're at in life. And trust me, I get it. Life moves fast, especially the more kids you have and the older they get. Some nights, it's a mad dash to get everyone to their activities after school, eat dinner, do homework, and get everyone to bed by a decent time. You may not be able to connect every single day, but setting aside that time on a consistent basis, whether it's when you're driving in the car together, over family dinner, or being intentional about maximizing your time together on the weekends, consistently creating an environment to talk, connect and check in. It's just so important. And making these check-ins a regular part of your family rhythm will create more room for your child to share what's going on with you. No one likes to be surprised with a heart-to-heart. You're just going to be less likely to open up. But if the time is a part of your daily or weekly routine, your kids can mentally prepare for it and show up at that time with some things already on their mind to share with you. These conversations not only allow you to connect and deepen your bond with your child, but they clue you in to what's going on, what their struggles are, and what's going right. It allows you to monitor ongoing friend situations and make adjustments as they improve or get worse. They allow you to find out where your strongest... um, where their strongest academic strengths lie, so you can further feed those strengths and interests and find out if you need to spend extra time drilling those timetables for math. (laughs) You can point your child back to similar situations where they struggled and then later succeeded or connect the dots for them between life lessons and values you've been teaching them and how to apply them to other areas of life. My absolute favorite time of the day is bedtime. And this is the time that my husband and I spend some one-on-one time with our kids. So in our house, there are two adults and two kids. So it works out that no one is outnumbered. Um, But the kids get ready for bed. And my husband and I each do one-on-one bedtime routines. 
it's random each night who ends up with whom first. But my husband takes one kid, I take the other, and then we switch. So everyone gets special one-on-one time each night. I love this time because the day is done. I mean, at least for the kids it is. And all of the responsibilities have been taken care of. Everyone's all clean and cozy in their PJs and starting to wind down and relax for the night. This is when the stories of the day, the worries and questions and the snuggles all bubble up and spill over and get shared. This is when I find out if there was trouble at school, something weighing on a conscience, if there was a problem with a friend, or find out about something exciting that's coming up that they're really excited about or looking forward to. This is when I get to listen and absorb and tell myself to keep my big mouth shut and let my kids get out whatever is on their mind and do it freely. They know I'm there to listen, and they trust that I will help them if they need it. They get a chance to share these things with me and with Dad, depending on who they feel like sharing it with. Then, at the end of the night, my husband and I compare notes. We catch each other up on the main takeaways from each kid and discuss how we're going to tackle the problems and how we're going to support the good things. We come up with a game plan together and how we're going to talk about various things and how we're going to reinforce the plan when we're together and when we're separate. All of this is all based upon our agreed value system that we are teaching our children. As we discuss it together, we each provide input and perspective and past experience to come up with what will work best for our family. These nightly discussions keep us on the same page, help us to be consistent in our parenting, and help us to anticipate what might be around the corner or what our plan is going to be if something goes poorly. We take our jobs as parents incredibly seriously, so it's important that we dedicate this time to ensure we do our job to the best of our ability. And it also gives us the opportunity to keep each other in check if we've been slipping into reactive mode. Anti-reactive parenting takes intentionality. It doesn't happen on accident. Intentionality requires special effort, but the peace and calm of running an anti-reactive household versus a reactive one is absolutely priceless. It not only makes day-to-day life better, but it creates better outcomes for the future adults you are raising. Being able to trust that the adults in charge of their life truly do have things under control makes for happy and secure kids. It takes everyone out of fight-or-flight mode and allows them to thrive and grow, not just muddle through each day without looking up, and then one day wonder how they got where they are. And it makes for happier parents who enjoy their time with their kids and aren't stressed out all the time. A little bit of planning for what's ahead goes a long way. All right, that's it for today's episode, my listeners, and thank you for tuning in. We'll continue the series in our next episode and talk about how to plan for the long term and set your family up for success, not just for tomorrow, but for the years ahead. If you continue to enjoy these episodes, we invite you to help this podcast grow by leaving a quick five-star rating and for bonus points, a positive review. These ratings and reviews are very much appreciated and they help others to find this podcast in their mission to become better parents. 
Don't forget to follow our episode and add it to your library so that you never miss an episode. All right, until next time, parent intentionally, plan for what's to come, and be anti-reactive. <laughs>